This is Unforgettable Learning, where we talk to L&D visionaries, experts, and mavericks about performance, creativity, and tech. Subscribe to stay in touch. Hello, Beth and Tom. It's absolutely lovely to have you here, and thank you ever so much for joining me. Um, I was wondering if we could begin our chat today about learning consultancy with a brief intro from both of you. And also, could you tell me one thing that you're learning at the moment? Let's start with you, Beth. Thank you, Kate, and thank you for having us. Excited to chat. Um, my name is Beth Chudley, and I'm a learning experience consultant here at Sponge. Um, so my role is essentially to partner with our clients to really understand what their challenges are, where they want to be, um, and then collaborating to design solutions that ultimately make that impact both on their business and on their learners as well. And the one thing I'm learning at the moment, well, um, I actually moved house on Friday and it's quite an old property. So I'm currently learning quickly a bit of DIY. Um, I'm not quite sure where to start, but I think that will be that will be a lot to learn in this process for sure. <laughs> Oh, Beth, I feel for you. Having done that myself, I can happily share all the knowledge that I gained about things like door handles and you oh. know, <laughs> reinforcing beams, information I never knew I needed. So yeah, <laughs> well done. You will have a learning curve ahead of you. <laughs> Thanks, Kate. Um, I'll take you up on that for sure. <laughs> Tom, what about you? Um, I am also a learning experience consultant um, at Sponge, so working on the same team as Beth um, within our practice, uh, doing exactly the same thing. So really good to be able to be here with Beth. Um, we collaborate on a lot of stuff, so hopefully we can share some of that today. Um, I'm pleased to say I'm coming to the end of my DIY learning journey. So yeah, Beth can also share um, what not to do um, as much as what, what to do. Um, but the thing I'm learning at the moment and going to be learning for for quite a while to come I think is how to be a dad we're expecting at the weekend um probably never going to go through a steeper learning curve in my life so yeah watch this space could be a oh, congratulations <laughs> that's so exciting I didn't know that yeah you're not going to learn much more than that are you really <laughs> no and it's very much going to be learning as I do I think so yeah that'll be a fun experience learning by experience I love it Great stuff. Um, oh, well, thank you both for sharing that really interesting and exciting things going on in both your lives and um, great work that you're doing. And I'm, I'm also really sort of fascinated about um, the, the work that you're doing in the practice and advising and guiding L&D partners at, at our kind of client side. And I'm really keen to understand this journey. So right from the beginning of client engagement. And so um, perhaps Beth, I could start with you. I'm interested in what your consultative approach looks like and sort of what value that's bringing L&D leaders at the pitch stages, the really early stages of engagement. Yeah, of course. Um, so actually, Kate, I'm going to quote you here, I think. Oh, um, wow. This has Thank stuck you. with me <laughs> for quite some time. <laughs> um, but it's interesting you ask specifically kind of at the early stages, because uh, something you actually said to me was, we make big decisions when we know the least amount of information. And as a project progresses, we learn more and more about our learning audience, about 
the learning objectives, what it is we're trying to achieve, technical requirements, any limitations, and the ability to make those big decisions actually decreases. So what we're really trying to gather at that initial stage is where are we now? Where do you want to be? What is that challenge that you're solving for? And something I'm quite passionate about at the moment is, you know, can we almost summarize it in like one problem statement? Um, which is always a challenge, I think, because sometimes we're not even really sure what that is. But if we can have that as kind of our our alignment of this is what we're trying to solve and this is where we want to be. And I think if we can align on that, that gives us a really strong starting point as we move forward. I'd say the other um the other challenge we're always looking to solve or the other question that we're always really looking to answer up front is when we're thinking about that vision, why do we have that vision? What impact is that going to have? And I think we always try and look at this through a couple of lenses, but one of those being what impact is this going to have on your business? Um, and what impact is this going to have on your learners? And I think something we've always been really passionate about here at Sponge is ultimately supporting businesses, helping them to achieve their goals, but also supporting humans or everyone who is a learner is a human. And I think being able to connect to them is something that we always try to um, uncover on how we how we can best do that. Super. And you said something there, and um, a problem statement, did you say? Or a, yeah. Yes. But yeah. What, give me an example of what you mean by that. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, we when we kind of start our first um, discussions with our clients, it's not always the case that there is a problem that's defined and we can, you know, we support our clients with that as well. Um, but when there is, I think sometimes it's about almost prioritizing or really asking that question. And it is challenging because sometimes there are a few problems or it's quite hard to define, but asking that question, can you summarize this for me in a statement, a short statement, a couple of sentences? I think it really boils down the problem and actually gets our our stakeholders and, and us aligned on kind of this is this is what we're working on. This is the challenge that we're solving for. And obviously we we dig deeper. We really always need to uncover that. Um, and I am at that there's always kind of a lot of sub-challenges that sit under that. But I think that's a good way to almost kickstart the conversation and kind of get us to to dig a bit deeper into that. Brilliant. Thank you. And Tom, you're also obviously involved at the very early stages with clients. Is there anything you'd sort of add to that about what sort of value you're bringing right from those early stages? Um, I think Beth's kind of summed it up well. I think one of the um, key things at the moment is we're, we're seeing um, more and more clients involve us earlier in the process. Um, so I think it's that we're able to kind of bring that reassurance to clients of we're here to kind of be a partner with them. So it's not a case of um, just bringing recommendations of our own and sort of putting our own practices in place. It's working with them 
um, almost being kind of seen as an extension of their team. And I think that's kind of really important. And some of the kind of best partnerships, best relationships we've got at the moment have all started that way. Um, being able to kind of really insert ourselves in in what the business requirements are, what they're looking for, for from the kind of learning objectives, learning requirements. And like Beth says, agreeing on that kind of north star together that that problem statement that we we can both sort of ground ourselves in um is really important and and kind of having those conversations together um i think is adding a lot of value i'm i'm really interested in what you're in what you're saying there and i'm wondering why that might be i don't know whether the problems and challenges that clients are sort of bringing you into are because they're more complex than ever before or I, I you know I'd be really interested to know your get your take on what are the sorts of um, themes that you're seeing or, or challenges or complexities around learning that you're seeing um, Tom yeah maybe you can add a bit of color to that absolutely um probably a bit of a, a get out of jail answer but the 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 kind of um the challenges that they're coming to us with are still very broad um we're seeing a lot of different challenges i think it's where we're kind of reassured is that there there seem to be recognizing that there is this challenge a lot sooner recognizing that there is a need for support to bring in experts to support them on that journey a lot sooner and that i think that's what's making our life better in terms of um being able to demonstrate the value we'll bring demonstrate the the value of a partnership like that um the themes we're seeing like i say span from something like compliance and kind of skills and competency frameworks right through to kind of the, the kind of other end of the how can we practice how can we apply this in role um how do we look at our results how do we build on our strategy so we're seeing kind of that broad range but it's that kind of the fact that l d um leaders are, are kind of recognizing that bringing someone in earlier bringing us in earlier um is adding that value it's allowing us to kind of build on that with them super um beth what sorts of challenges are you seeing so I think an interesting challenge we've been seeing recently and over the past few years is the desire to instill a successful learning culture. And I think the term learning culture is, is an example, Kate, of one of those complex challenges because it's hard to define. It's also, I think, hard to measure. And I think one of the one of the initial challenges is knowing what your current learning culture is. And um, I always remember attending a webinar. Uh, I think it was a couple of years ago now, ran by Liz Liz um, Liz Selman. Um, and I always remember her saying, "If you have, if you employ humans, you have a learning culture." And I think that has been. An interesting challenge. So we worked, um, we partnered with one of our our pharmaceutical clients to understand what their learning culture was current was that back then, and then work with them to define you know what what we wanted it to be. But I think that first step of knowing what your learning culture is currently like and being able to define that some 
some in some way and speak to your learners and understand how they are learning because we're always learning it might not be formal it might not be recorded but we're learning all the time and I think really understanding that and being able to play that back to stakeholders around the business is key um, and it gives you a starting point I think another theme um, which ties into that is we support clients with who who are you know, global businesses with thousands of learners, with many different departments. And I think a theme we quite often see is, is silos. Naturally, I think in, in large organizations, people work in silos. And that then reflects quite a siloed learning culture. You know, people will learn differently in, in one department versus another. Um, so there's been some some interesting challenges on, you know, how do we break down those silos and how do we get everyone to buy into this vision of a of a learning culture, um, and then how do we make that happen? That's the the next challenge I think is actually bringing that that to life. I think um, it's really interesting what you say, and and I, I'm really fascinated by how you would even begin to articulate what a current learning culture looks like and um, how you might say it doesn't look very healthy at the moment or you know maybe there are indicators that suggest that there is a lack of collaboration or a you know a, a distinct challenge in a certain area have you ever had to deal with that yeah great great question I think um I think there's almost like an acknowledgement and a desire to always want to know the, the truth. That's like, I think our job is to, you know, uncover that truth and and play that back to to our clients. Um, I think the key, the key is that it's always rooted in what we know about how people learn. And it's always tied to that broader vision. So we make sure that we align with our stakeholders, you know, the vision, what, what it is they're trying to achieve, the impact, um, whilst we run that analysis so that we're able to tie it back to that bigger story. It's through the lens of what they're trying to achieve. It's through the lens of their learners and it's through the lens of learning science. And I think those those support us in telling that story to, to our clients and their broader stakeholders as well which is quite often you know what they they come to us to support with it's generally that they know there's a challenge and and they need buy-in from from whether it's a leadership team or or other stakeholders around the business being able to articulate that um, and back it up with data so we run a lot of interview surveys with with learners um and content analysis and we agree kind of the lens that we look at that content through um and and i think that that data piece is again kind of supports that that playback as you're talking i'm thinking that this sounds like a very much sort of long-term commitment this partnership feels like it's something that's of value year on year on year on year and um that differences and you know, uh, change is only going to come about through sort of a longer term commitment, not a one and done kind of strategy. And um, perhaps, Tom, could you tell me a little bit about what it's like having worked with a client over a number of years and um, and whether you get 
the sense that things are shifting only over over time and what that partnership looks like after a few years and you know what some of the challenges are and um sort of exciting opportunities that come with that long-term commitment and partnership absolutely um i think the 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 biggest thing that we see over of long-term partnership is trust it just builds and builds and builds and i, I think that's a two, very much a two-way street um something starts off as beth said with a client often recognizes a challenge um and then it's where we can start to sort of build on that and understand that with them and that that journey of trust starts there um we obviously want the best outcome for the business best outcome for the learner um applying a lot of different kind of methods to to sort of get to there and then over a long-term partnership can continue to do that the the benefits that we often see from from that partnership is it becomes less of that reliance on on the client having to recognize their own challenges once we are on a journey and in a partnership with a client we're able to sort of help have those conversations where we can kind of help to spot what those challenges might be in the future um sort of head those off um mitigate against certain challenges and as we kind of build that kind of trust we also kind of build that understanding of of how their learning culture works um at that time versus where we want it to be but we become part of that we become part of those conversations um we can better understand kind of how everything fits together um beth touched on the global considerations that we have to have um teams that are sort of spread far and wide we can better understand those and sort of start to look under all of those rocks with the client rather than kind of relying on that information we we obviously retain all of the information that we get and the great conversations we have and the the insight from all of those different aspects and we can make kind of more informed decisions ourselves so the more we work together the opportunities for us become or the opportunities for us kind of sit around how much we can kind of start to push the envelope with each of our clients um start to understand where kind of barriers are and where like i say opportunities lie in terms of bringing in innovation bringing in solutions that haven't been thought of or haven't been used before um and also kind of changing learning modalities so something where a particular modality has been kind of used year on year um because it works we're able to kind of shift thinking and having those conversations comes from that trust we're building um and it's often said you only as kind of as good as your last project we can start to evidence that project after project with clients we are delivering the best solution for them the most innovative solution for them we're showing them again to touch on a point that beth brought up the impact of all of this learning um because we're we're designing that in the more we get to know our clients the more we can kind of design into their strategy design into their kind of desires of what they need to see as a business as well as meeting the needs of the learners on all of those as well well i'm thrilled that you brought up innovation so let's get concrete tell me an example of an innovation that you think has been beneficial to one of your clients tom um i think for for us before answering that question um one of the biggest things around innovation for us is what when we are asked outright for an innovative solution um 
number one in that kind of process for me is what is innovation to that person? What is innovation to that team or that client? So um, it could be something very simple, but still to them, very innovative. It could be something where we're pushing sort of into the kind of the AR and the VR world as well. Um, for me, um, uh, one of the most kind of innovative solutions recently that we've worked on and one of kind of the best ongoing partnerships we have uh, with a client at the moment is where we were asked, well, really get kind of given a broad challenge of we want to design a market leading program that ultimately is going to lead to talent attraction and deliver masters in this kind of subject. And that's that's a, a really, really broad challenge. So for us, it kind of ticks the box of innovation is absolutely on the table here because it sounds like we've been given quite a lot of freedom and, and through a series of workshops, face-to-face -face, um, days that we've spent with them, we've been able to deliver a solution that sits kind of as an experience rather than just learning on its own. So learning obviously makes up that. We've got the digital aspects that we've been able to bring in there, but we were able to look at the entire journey and the entire learner experience, starting from how will we even market this to learners? How can we create a buzz around this? How can we create an application strategy to make this quite an exclusive program that someone can work to be on, someone who wants to elevate their position to get onto this program, right the way through to having things like off-site supplier visits, off-site um, learning experiences in things like universities to really kind of bring that sense of achievement in. Um, and for us, that ultimately became, as a whole, an innovative solution. Um, previously, it's just been online learning. It's been courses where you would sit in a hotel for three days uh, and be talked at. This is an experience spanning multiple months with multiple different modalities, looking at learning, looking at application of learning, looking at kind of the real world and, and the impact things are having and bringing all of that together. So for me, that's been one of the, the greatest ones to work on. It's it's still in flight at the moment. And um, I think I can speak for others in Sponge. It's, it's one of the most fun projects we've got going on at the moment because we've been given that freedom to, to give that innovative solution. Um, and yeah, looking forward to seeing that come, come to life. Yeah. I mean, that sounds really exciting. Um, I've sort of been in this world for quite a long time. And I remember terms like blended and campaigns and, you know, all this kind of language. But it feels like uh, what you're doing is really integrated. It's really broadly thought through. Um, I'm very excited about the sound of that. Uh, of that solution. And I love that you talked too about the idea that innovation can mean different things to different people. And of course you can, you know, in a maybe more mature uh, L&D environment, if it makes sense and you've got the use case for it, immersive technologies might be the way forward to try and kind of um, pull down on some of the opportunities that immersion might bring. But for others, it is about switching up modalities, getting better at scaling. I love this discussion around scale because I think it's one of the big topics that generally we don't sort of highlight enough but working at scale is is such a challenge across boundaries and silos and you know locations and languages and um 
every culture, you know, all cultures that happen within an organization also happening geographically. So um, I'm really fascinated by this opportunity for innovation seems to be sort of in multiple different directions. Uh, Beth, what about you? Have you sort of had any good examples, concrete cases of sort of innovations that you're proud of? Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's interesting, because I think I would completely agree with Tom in the sense that it's it's fascinating to really look at innovation through multiple lenses so I think the obvious one that we tend to jump to is tech which is incredibly exciting and um you know a lot of opportunities there um but innovation can mean so many different things especially to different clients and different learners as well Something that I think um, is quite exciting, I wanted to, I, I guess, uh, and to your point, Kate, sorry, your question was a concrete case, but something I think that's exciting that we're working on at the moment is we have an innovation squad here within Span, as you know, um, and we've been experimenting with um, integrating AI with Storyline to provide a more personalized experience. And I think, um, to your question earlier, Kate, around, you know, thinking about those themes that we're hearing and the the kind of uh, clients we partner with and these kind of global businesses with lots of learners, we know that when learning is more tailored, when learning is more personalized, people are more engaged, they take more from that. Um, it's a more effective learning experience. Now, I remember, um, and I talk about this a lot, I think, um, but it it stuck with me, so I'm going to say it again. But I attended a talk by um, David Kelly, the CEO of the Learning Guild. I think it was maybe two years ago at Learning Tech. And he said, you know, personalized content, personalized learning is key. It's it's provides those effective learning experiences. But rather than personalizing based on interest we should be personalizing based on people's capability and competency levels and I think something we're exploring with integrating AI with Storyline is providing that personalized feedback we're actually able to support people's development by taking what they have input and providing personalized feedback to support their development and improving. And I think that's an exciting innovation. I'm, I'm really excited to continue that experiment and, um, and yeah, push it and see what we can do there. As I'm listening to you, I'm also thinking of like a kind of devil's advocate position. I'm just curious to know whether you've ever encountered a situation where you just haven't been able to do anything kind of innovative or um, thought provoking. Maybe this isn't a helpful line of inquiry, but, you know, um, if we think about all the things that you're both doing with um, innovation, with partnering, with going deep, with understanding clients' needs and requirements, I guess either before this was the was possible um or without you what would that look like and so i'm just wondering if you've sort of run up against any challenges like that where you feel like it's very difficult to do anything um beth maybe i'll start with you (laughs) yeah good question i think um you know we i think everyone in the industry has probably 
been super excited about an innovative idea or a creative idea and uh it's kind of coming back to that you know we make these decisions and we don't we don't know as much as we are about to know and as we move forward we learn about you know technical limitations or um you know requirements and the idea naturally evolves or kind of we 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 put new boundaries around it so i think i think that there's always that challenge of, well, we can't do this because of X, Y, and Z. But I think we we need sometimes like it's about approaching it with that innovative mindset. And actually those boundaries push us or force us to be more innovative or be more creative. And I think, you know, you could kind of look at innovation as something new, an idea that's not been there before. So, or, or building on ideas that have been there previously. And I think, that those you know if, if there's always going to be those challenges there's always going to be those limitations but i think in a way it, it provides that a new opportunity to change the idea to introduce something new and approach it with a solutions uh focused mindset you strike me as someone very optimistic about what's possible Beth. so uh, i have no doubt that you would overcome those kinds of challenges if they came your way um tom i was going to ask you just before i was doing this there was a bit of research that i did briefly and um it was from the hr director and it was a survey and it said 57 percent of the people that they responded to their survey um in l d were struggling with budget 37 percent were struggling with driving employee engagement 29 percent were struggling with measuring results and that the shelf life of content in 50 percent of cases people said that training lasts one year or less and i wondered if any of those stats resonated with the sorts of themes that you're seeing clients talk to you about uh i think all of those resonate um, with me, um, as Beth was just mentioning her answer before, I'd, I'd made a couple of notes and about an example to share, and all three of all of those tie into the example I already kind of had in mind. Um, but in terms of to answer, oh, well, no, go of, on then, go on, do tell us the example. Well, no, to, like to, <laughs> to answer the um, kind of point you make about training typically lasts one year or less. Um, I again made a note earlier in our conversation today about how um, change is so rapid at the moment. And I think that does come down to, as Beth said, innovation often lies in tech and, and that is sort of accelerating um, at a rate of knots. And that can often have an impact on, on what you would consider the shelf life of learning. Um, people are kind of, well, clients are making changes to the way they operate so again beth mentioned ai that is having a huge impact on kind of how things are being approached what we're being asked to consider when we're looking at different things so i think that kind of plays into the kind of the shelf life aspect um but again having that kind of partnership approach to to learning um allows us to kind of be on that journey um with a client and and sort of go through that change with them and have that kind of mindset of we're not designing kind of one and done training we are designing something that can evolve with the business with the learner um, and having that in mind i think offers a much better kind of return on, on the on kind of the investment and the impact that they'll see off that learning over a long period of time but for the three points you've mentioned the budget engagement and kind of measurement um we're working with a client at the moment that is 
really kind of pushing us for for the innovative solutions but then almost as we take them to that point of sort of bringing those ideas those concepts forward pushing us straight back in the other direction and well what's the what's the lo-fi option of that what's the lowest fi option of doing that idea we we love the idea but how can we do that for way less investment how can we do that that we don't lose any of the engagement by pushing out something that that is is quick it's dirty it's easy we can get feedback on that and i think that kind of to speak to those points if if we've got if we see people who are kind of struggling with budget if they are struggling with engagement or or kind of how to measure things don't let that impact the way you design a solution don't let that impact on how you look at the learner or the needs design that innovative solution still and then take all of the great stuff from that innovative solution and work it backwards the other way because you know that innovative solution with the budget will drive the engagement it will allow you to measure results so let's take all of that good stuff and and then work it backwards and it's it's a really great journey that we're on with them at the moment because to get your brain to sort of flick backwards in a in a, in a situation it's really surprising how you start to if they have the ideas in the other direction and it's strange it becomes innovative in the less innovative it becomes um it, it's it's sparked some great conversations and it's allowed us to kind of um launch something a lot quicker get feedback on something a lot quicker iterate on an idea inside kind of the same time frames um in in with the same team and and we've really allowed been kind of now working toward a prototype that that ticks all of those boxes and for something that would speak to the people who have answered that survey who are struggling with budget, struggling with engagement, it would help them tick all of those boxes. So it's something, like I say, we're really enjoying working on at the moment and seeing some great results. So um, something I'm keen to kind of replicate soon. Can you be concrete? Like give me an example of what would, what is the sort of hi-fi thing that was imagined and then what's its lo-fi equivalent? Um the the hi-fi is kind of we want kind of hands-on practice how do we get people practicing in a business with other people so how can we make that as simple as possible for them what could they sign up for that could drop time in their diary automatically automatically set up an invite issue the invite to those people introduce those people put them into a digital journey where they're able to meet one another um, have that time set aside be taken through scenarios, offered the support and being allowed to kind of practice a particular, um, something like a role play, for example, in their role with a, a real kind of subject. Rewind all of that, the, the, that involves kind of tech being installed. It does require an element of management in there. Rewind that down to sort of the lo-fi example. Can we get out a survey to people that would literally walk them through something like a Google Sheet, for example, that could just take them through really simple instructions and ask them to connect with other people, ask them to drop it in their diary. And we can all, all, almost start to see, are people engaging with that? Where are they getting stuck? Can we offer them feedback? Um, and from those sort of polarized discussions, we're kind of coming out probably in the middle of that somewhere at the moment where with where the prototype is but it's allowed us like i say to take all of that great stuff and deliver it 
a lot more sort of simply to allow us to get this feedback and, and iterate and get ultimately get to a design that we're really confident um, will have traction, it'll have engagement and really kind of have impact within that business. This, this feels really huge in a kind of way. Like uh, years ago, people would expect you to be sort of very much um, closed doors, high production, deliver the thing, expect a big bang, get a great result, everybody's on board. It feels to me like you're almost like radically turning the tables and saying we are in a perpetual prototype existence now because things are changing so quickly. You know, the way we're going to use the limited budgets that we have is in an innovative way of sort of rolling things out, actually. And we're going to try and we're going to test and we're going to sort of fail forward to, to use that phrase. We're going to be in sort of permanent ongoing MVP mode until we've sort of landed on the thing that works. We're listening, we've got our ears to the ground a lot of the time. And and that that's um I can see why when earlier you said, you know, building trust of the partnership, it takes some time because I can imagine with the global organization allowing us to kind of noodle around in like what might be possible, let's try this, let's try that, could be feel a little bit sort of risk risk risky (laughs) to clients you know um and to l&d so i'm really fascinated by that sort of direction of travel and i'm also fascinated by the overlap between the social and the channels and integration of of all parts of it that are being leveraged not just pop a course on an lms you know that's like the old world it feels like um uh beth is there anything you would add to that um, I think it just sounds fascinating, Tom. I'm definitely going to um, pick your brains on that later for sure. <laughs> um, but I think this, what really interested me, I think, is this like pra- practical application, connection with others. You know, how do we integrate social learning into these strategies and solutions that we design? I think, you know, we, to your point, Kate, like, what I think we're passionate about is is have, is making that difference and having that impact. And we know that, you know, in a lot of instances, digital online training isn't going to solve the problem. It it, it plays a role. It enables, um, you know, a skill to be developed or behavior to be changed, but it's not the sole solution. And I think being very open to that and, and thinking about that full journey that someone is going to go on um is you know it's it's essential if we if we're going to be making that impact that we want to make for our clients brilliant well we're we're almost out of time i'm going to ask you each one more question and that is um beth we'll start with you what would be the the dream piece of feedback that a client would give you after you've completed a sort of successful consultative uh solution Oh, interesting question. Um, I think for me, it's that, you know, we were a true partner and, you know, we we supported them through the good and the bad and the challenges and um, I think helped them achieve their goal. And, And I think also being open to the fact that that goal might change, but it changed in a way that was informed and um, we were able to, to, support them on that that journey right brilliant thank you so much and tom what about you i think it 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 would be that there no longer feels like a line between business and 
sponge or business and consultant and that like i said earlier becoming an extension of their team where we're able to give that trusted feedback they're able to give that kind of trusted feedback we're able to share opinions um that that for me is what i'd always look for is that that we've almost broken down our own silos there and that we're all sort of moving forward of one on that same journey um yeah that'd definitely be mine Super. Well, look, thank you both so much for being here. I can I can really tell that you're uh, being quite courageous in the solutions that you're working on and really endeavouring to work hard and truthfully with clients across all of the challenges that you're seeing around budget, engagement and, um, you know, short shelf life and rapid change. So I really appreciate you and uh, coming on here. And I think um, everybody who's listening to that will find that valuable too. So thank you so much and I'll see you soon. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Subscribe to stay up to date with Leading Lights from L&D and leave us a review to let us know what you think.